putting the S in ESG. ESG is not just box taking. Financial performance matters, okay, but so does the impact organizations have on society and the environment. It is no longer acceptable to invest in business for profit alone, when those with poor practices can have such a profoundly negative impact on the world around us. With the rising tide of investors, communities and talent caring about ESG, it is no surprise that ESG issues feature more and more prominently on the agenda of boards. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Margot Slattery about putting the S in ESG. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Margot, thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. Thank you, Sabine, and delighted to be here and uh, great to join you today. Hey, fantastic. Let's jump straight in. What does the S in ESG actually mean to you? For me, the S in ESG means socially responsible. So I'm really thinking about society and society being responsible for how it behaves. So I think we have all seen organizations that currently, as ESG has become such a big topic, organizations that frantically try to come up with campaigns and quick wins to tick the box and move on. So what has changed really in the last two years? Well, I think what has changed in the last two years is that boards have moved away from this being something that, you know, they tick boxed, as you said, and that they they just did as a matter of course to something that has really become embedded in purpose. So if you're a chair of a board, then you're really looking to tie this to the organizational strategy. You're trying to make sure it's in line with the plan. And I think over the last number of years, Boards and management committees know that if they talk about the S, then they've got to have something really tangible in their business. So I think the change is very much about making it real and lasting. So, and we will definitely talk about how to make it real and lasting. But maybe you are someone who has worked in this field for many, many years. Can you talk a little bit about your personal journey and where you arrived now, what your role is, so that our listeners have a bit of context. Sure. Thanks, Sabine. Again, making it sort of short and concise, I've gone from a number of roles to now being heading up for ISS Globally Diversity and Inclusion. Prior to that, I worked for Sodexo doing exactly the same role, working across 60 countries in a company with 400,000 people reporting to the CEO and obviously responsible to the board as well. And prior to that, I was a company CEO myself for Sodexo in the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. 
And also on the side of all that, I have been an activist in driving around change, particularly in the diversity and the inclusion field for a number of years. And I particularly was supporting the marriage equality fight in the Republic of Ireland. So as you can see, I've had a little bit of experience, I suppose, outside of the corporation and a lot inside the corporation. And I've done it from a point of view of presenting to a management board, being the person who's driving the change for an organization and making sure it's happening globally and embedding it in an organization. Hopefully that helps. So when you think about it, there's quite a personal journey to this S. Yes. I know you're sitting on various boards as well. How do you help directors to bring the S really to life? How do you make it real and tangible? Well, I think one of the ways of making it very real and tangible is thinking about it uh, with our board and with our chair across everything we do. So it's not just our people. It's about our product. It's about our service. It's about how we invest. Every single item of everything we do, who are on our different committees, how we do our business day to day. And then I think about it across five general areas. So it's not just gender balance when we think about how we bring that S to reflect in our organizations. I also thinking about it around disability. I mean, one in four people in the working population will experience a mental health condition at some point in their lives. I think about sexual orientation because that's about six and 10% of our global population. I think about culture and ethnicity. And this is really important because every organization today is made up of people coming from different backgrounds. And one in five people in the OECD countries has a migration background. So again, incredibly important. And then we think about generations and age. And again, there can be so much stereotypes around that. And at this moment in time, in each of our workplaces, in each of our companies, a board is responsible for organizations that have up to five generations working on that organization. And perhaps the last area I'll reflect on is gender balance, because we've been talking about it for a long time. But take even the fact that 60, 70 percent of our new graduates are women and they're still underutilized in our organizations. So, again, bringing that back to the board and to the management committee and thinking about how do we utilize and make sure all of these different dimensions are thought about in what we do every day. I mean, this fantastic data about all these dimensions, let's make it tangible. How do you make it happen? So you have the data. What do you do now inside the organization to really include all of these People with different backgrounds, different perspectives, different lifestyles. Yeah. I mean, well, what I would do and what I advise boards to do is to think about it in relation to their own organization, their own company, rather than just generalize. So don't just go and take some template. You then have to say, what is the strategy for our organization? Do we have ES&G in our strategy? And if we have that, then what does S really mean for our organization? Who are the makeup of our people? So, you know, when we think about our workforce, if it's five or it's 500,000, how is that made up? What do we do every day? Who are our customers? Who are our clients? What is the environment we work in? Do we mean this genuinely? Are we going to really build this into what we do? Who are our investors? Who are our stakeholders? Connect that to the purpose. So that's the next really big action to connect all of those to the purpose of the organization and then really put some actions behind it. So put something you're going to measure. So if you are 
passionate about and you think that, you know, incorporating people with disabilities into your organization is then say, well, how many people are we going to put there? What is that number? What is the KPI? Think about our culture and ethnicity. That is everybody in every organization. So how are we going to include more people and particularly at the higher levels in organizations when we look at leadership? I think as a board, it's really important for board members and management committees to look and make sure that they reflect the difference and the diversity of our organizations and our world and that they're inclusive. And maybe the last part is to make sure that when they're reviewing membership of the board, when they're reviewing what they do, that they actually look at it with these questions and they look at these dimensions and they take them into account and then start to do it, start to measure and start questioning and challenging. So you have seen a lot in your time. What actions have you seen to really produce good results? I think, um, you know, it's been interesting because I've seen real change over the last couple of years. I think it's when you get a CEO and a chair very aligned and understanding that this is more than just a, you know, a facade. So when people really get behind it, and what I've seen them do is make sure they orientate their management committee to make sure that they are doing the right things, that they have got a plan, that they have got targets and they've got actions. And then they're making it part of how they manage performance, how they evaluate their people and bringing that back to the board and reporting on it monthly, being very open and then asking the board also to challenge this and making it part and parcel of the board evaluation. So for me, Sabine, it's a very much circular process. It can't just rest with the board. It can't range just with the management committee. They need to all be taking part and ownership about it. No, absolutely. Can you single out maybe a couple of great examples you've seen to bring it to life? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm involved in a board with a a company that is an energy company and really moving away from what they might call the brown and the, the black world of dirty energy into a clean green energy. And in that organization, what I've seen is this has been very much led by the chair and the CEO. And they made sure, for instance, pretty quickly over the last two years that the HR director who was leading this, and it's not always the HR director, but in this instance, it was that this particular lady got huge support, that she was able to go out and think about the business and their people. And they grounded it in their own people. So they understood their community. They understood their people. And then they started putting the actions for change. So, for instance, a very live example in this organization was they had a big issue with gender balance because it had been a very much male-led, very stereotyped organization. So they started putting senior roles, making women engineers, that sort of thing. So making change. Then they set out to have challenging conversations throughout the whole of the organization about every aspect of diversity and inclusion. And really thinking about the S from a point of view of their society and their community. And how did that reflect what they were doing day to day against what was actually happening in the community around them. So that's one great example. Another example, another board that I've been involved in, it's been around personal injuries and it was a government-led board. Again, I think a chair and a company secretary who really understood that this was now important 
one of the reasons that that became important for them was that the government was leading a change in practice here. But they decided not to be laggards. They decided to really be people who were leading rather than coming from behind. They took this and understood that they needed to do certain things to have the conversation, to bring it up with the board members, to table it as an agenda item, to tie it into the strategy. And when we did a strategy day as a board, then we actually looked at every element of our strategy with a view to how are we getting the E, S and G, and particularly the S from a point of view of, again, a circular return, looking at our investors, looking at you know how we did things like labor rights, supply chain, human rights, hiring policy, looking at everything from IT. Did we have a health and safety policy, helping the vulnerable, you know, positive healthy culture, pay gaps, bonuses, etc. I know I've given a lot of examples, but I hope these help. It's so multidimensional and I think this is almost a problem a lot of boards are struggling with because you can touch this elephant on so many different parts. What is, in your view, a good way to start? Well, I think like everything started, you know, it's like that song goes, start at the very beginning. Try to make it less rather than more in the beginning. Do a number of things that are very connected to the business and do them well. Don't try to, you know, boil the ocean. Don't try to change the world in one go. So maybe three key actions. So understanding, for instance, your workforce, understanding the diversity of your workforce. And that establishes a gap because when you understand what you have, then you know what you want to have and you understand that gap. So that's probably the very first place to start because if you start internally, you make a great, strong approach. Then give yourself a period of time to make that change. Don't make that change just for the sake of it. Make it because you know that this is going to really improve your organization. And this is where the alignment with this strategy comes on board, Sabine, because if you understand your strategy and you're aligning with it, you know if you're going to make those changes that you identified in the gap, then you'll do it for the right reasons. And then have a plan around that and have a time frame and be pragmatic that it may not happen right the first time. So get it right the second time. And then I think perhaps maybe the last point I'd make about that is, you know, it isn't easy. So talk to others, talk to other organizations, be a little bit more open to listening and to hear what others might actually have done. And there is great examples out there and people are very prepared to share because this is not such a competitive area. So again, you'll find other organizations are happy to help and support on that. We talked now quite a lot about the internal side. Can you maybe provide some really great examples you have seen in the supply chain? Well, I mean, I think the great thing in the supply chain is thinking about, you know, who are our suppliers? So when you think about making up minorities, making sure that there are minorities, then we see organizations like We Connect. There are a lot of organizations out there who are trying to put small suppliers in touch with larger organizations. Most larger organizations really now do have a supply chain that is built up of a number of minorities. So even if you're dealing with a big organization, you can have access to a more diverse and equitable supply chain through that. Then if you think about it from a point of view, if you're coming from the supply chain end and you're a small supplier, you can get access because we'll find that boards and chairs are very anxious to make sure that opportunity is there. And then if you're in the supply chain itself, it's about making sure that you can highlight the things that you're doing to help an organization to go on its journey. So if, for instance, 
you have a diverse group of people, if you have an inclusive culture in your small organization, then perhaps you can be that key. You can be the adhesive for a bigger organization who wants to tap into that. So again, nothing has to be as difficult as it seems. Um, and I think from a last point from the supply chain, again, it's that sharing, it's looking at what other organizations are doing and um, being open to different ways of doing things. Fantastic. So what are the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? I think the first one is that the S is very real and it won't go away. I think people need to really think about it as not just a sort of a tick box, something very genuine. So concentrate on it. That's one. Second one is health and wellness is vital. And by that, I mean that if you think of the health of your organization, if you think the wellness of your organization, then actually thinking about the S will really help you to anchor that because think about your people, think about your investors. As a board, think about how do you bring this back all the time to a healthy and a well organization. And the third part and the last one is the S really encourages innovation. So go beyond just D&I, go beyond gender, think a little bit different, anchor it into the future and think about everything you do with a view of reflecting the society around you and you will make for societal betterment. And uh, I think that's always a good thing. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series, Margot. Oh, my pleasure. And Sabina, thank you for taking the time to listen with me today. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. As always, thank you for listening.